Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to the Matt Townsend Show. I'm your host, Dr. Matt Townsend, your guide on the side. Doing what we can on this program to give you a leg up, as our Sky Boy calls it, on this crazy thing we call life. Sky, how you doing? Welcome to the show. I'm doing great, and thank you for welcoming me to the show. Thank you for thanking me for welcoming you to the show. You ready for today's show? I'm ready. Today we are talking about memory. Have you got a good memory? Uh, in no, but yes. Okay, so in that some made as- no in sense. Some, <laughs> some, it depends on memorizing what. Oh no, we're not memorizing. We're just well, memory. Okay. okay, then I don't think I have a very good memory. Did you meet anybody new this weekend? I don't even remember. Okay, <laughs> say no more. Because <laughs> I went to a funeral and I met people at the funeral, and I don't remember their names. See, names, I'm the worst at. Now, how can you be bad at names? I'm bad at names. I'm horrible at names. Okay, I'm going to give you a name. You see if you can remember it. Well, I've already got eight other names I've tried to memorize for let's today's show. Let's give you show. a few more just no, no, right no, no. now. Let's, let's, like, let's go one. to my eight names. I'm how about just the name Sasha? <laughs> I'm not going to remember these names. I Sasha? Have... <laughs> I'm still reciting the other names in my head. Shishi? <laughs> Sh- Sasha and Shishi. <laughs> okay. And Jimmy. <sighs> Jimmy Buffett. Can we just cut to my part? No, we're not doing your part for about 10 more minutes. <laughs> okay. Otherwise, it wouldn't be a real test. We put uh, Sky to the test. We gave him a list of um, 10 names or so. Eight. There's eight. eight. I think there's 10 on I my list. I think I can only remember seven. Well, then you're failing. Well, then you gave me three more just now. Uh, well, there's who? Who are my new ones? Sasha, Shishi, and Jimmy Buffett. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> Sasha, Shishi, and Jimmy Buffett. Jimmy Buffett. Okay. S- Okay, so if I said <laughs> Sasha, Shishi, Jimmy Buffett, and Ubi Doobie. <laughs> Ubi Doobie. Okay? Just remember those names. Okay. That's just four. That's just four. Plus can... my eight, but I only well, remember no, seven. Don't... I already forgot one of the other ones, so well, now I'm at 10, 11. But you're down to seven. So what were, the first, what were the ones I just gave you, though? Starting Sasha, in reverse she, order. She, uh, uh, Ubi Doobie, Jimmy Buffett, Shishi, Sasha. Good. Thank you. See? You're you're good at this. If if I have to if I I'm going if that. I'm going in with the purpose of memorizing a name, I'm better. If people just if I introduce myself, okay. I'm like, hey, I'm Skylar. What's up? And they say their name. Yeah, gone. I've, I've already forgotten it. You've already for, did, did you even hear it? I don't think I even heard it. See, that's the problem. I don't think I even hear it. I think I'm losing my hearing. That's so a, my mine's not a memory problem. Mine's a hearing problem, and my and I can't see. <laughs> so I'm blind and I'm deaf. So it's not even a memory tell. problem. And uh, I'm tired. So I'm tired, I'm blind, and I'm deaf. has okay. nothing to do with memory. My memory's sharp as a tack. <sighs> anyway, what were those names again? Ubi Doobie, Jimmy Buffett, Shishi, Sasha in reverse order. In normal order, Sasha, Shishi, Jimmy Buffett, Ubi Doobie. With the second name first, Shishi. Then going to the fourth name, Ubi Doobie. Third, Jimmy Buffett. First, Sasha. Wow. <laughs> that was good. That was good. Thanks. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to call shenanigans on that alternation because that happens. That's what you do with your fingers when you play guitar. That's not hard. When you go, what is it, two, four, three, one with your yeah. fingers? Like as an exercise? As an exercise. You can do that, yeah. It's His brain game. was trained for that part right there. <laughs> yeah. Don't be impressed. Okay. Do not be impressed. <laughs> well, who's named Ubi Doobie anyway? That's the dumbest who's named name. Shishi. Uh, Shishi. He's a great oh, fellow. I'm, I'm sorry, Shishi. Shishi. A great. <laughs> Sounds like it's a woman, but it's not. It's a guy's name. I'm sorry, Shishi. That's the rudest thing I've ever heard. Whose name Shishi? Well, Shishi is rude. Uh, okay, 
memory. So apparently you can improve your memory. And we have an expert on the show today that's going to show us that. Merit. 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 Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Merit. Uh, Apparently there's some myths of memory. There are myths. Let's hear one. Um, the me- your memory acts like a video recorder. Don't Lots let him write those down. Do not write those down. <laughs> I'm not writing. It's the your ones memory, you dude. <laughs> it's your memory. It helps no. me memorize the hey. other names if I write them down. You, then I'll turn them over. No, it's it's still up no, there. That is illegal. I just have to get no. it out. No, 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 no. I haven't. It's like we're at you're, it's like we're at a reunion, and you've met twelve, thirteen, fourteen people. Can I not write them down? No, you wouldn't at a reunion. You have to keep moving. <laughs> <laughs> Do not write those down. You watch him, <laughs> Bryce. You watch him. She, she. Okay. Okay. Merit, what do you think? Watch Okay. You ready for a myth? Yes. That your memory acts like a video recorder. Yeah, it's just a big recorder. Yeah. Well, according to a survey, 63% of people believe that. Yeah. But it's completely and totally not it's, true. Okay. It's not a recorder. It's like an eight track. <laughs> Mine's like an eight track tape. No. That you have to bang a little bit yeah, to get it Yeah. See, unfortunately, there's this thing that happens between your eyes and your head where we oh, process everything and things get down. super messed up okay so, so what is it like then so basically you it's, it's like a word processor no no it's not it's like one of the stenographers the lady that are in court or whatever you know the court re- court reporter <laughs> court recorder it's like that well see another another myth is that once you have formed a memory that it always stays the same. Well, that like, would be well. The myth would be that Sky should—he's formed a memory around these names, mm-hmm. and he should have them indefinitely, according to these myths. But the fact of it is, is that your memories are always evolving and always changing because oh. memory is not just a single process. You don't go through that process one right. time. So what we're really doing is that we're making sense of past experiences, and then every time we remember something, we reconstruct it. Using the experiences we have now. Oh, see, that's and interesting. Yeah, now. I like that. Yeah, so it's never the same. So you never have to actually memorize something. You could just make it up again. That's well, a, yeah, because that's like what I do. I just I remember <laughs> just enough detail that then fast. you just tell a story, and then when you tell the story long enough, the story becomes the fact, and then Matt becomes a senile liar. Well, no, then the IRS is called. <laughs> I know, then, and then and they're all like, "Hey, that's we all not live true. in 1984." Right. Yeah. yeah. No. 84. No, no, actually, I, I like that Merritt brought this up because, like, when I think of things I did as a little kid, I don't remember, like, having chubby kid hands, and I don't remember being short, and I don't, like, I I really only imagine myself as, like, a tiny version of, of adult breasts. Of your studliness. Holding someone's hand across yeah. the street, or, you know... <laughs> With your chubby Losing hands. teeth. I don't know. Like, just like yeah. kid thing. Like, I don't imagine having tiny teeth. I don't remember what that's like. Now I have these okay. enormous well, things. Well, let's just talk about those three things. Chubby hands, tiny teeth, and what was the other thing? Um, I already forgot. See? I'm Weird. <laughs> but whatever they were, the three of those totally depicted Skyboy. Chubby, chubby hands. Tiny teeth. Being and short. Being short. Yeah. I'm still, I'm still like reciting the names. I know. I'm trying to <laughs> keep you involved in this. So, do you feel offended when he talks about you having chubby hands, um, tiny teeth? I don't really get offended on this show anymore. <laughs> oh, are you numb to it now? <laughs> I think I've built an immunity to the criticisms. That's not a criticism. I, I just don't take it seriously. I guess. Well, he was. Br- See, he was... I know I don't have chubby hands. 
I know I don't have tiny teeth. If anything, <laughs> when I was a kid, I had big teeth. I had rabbit teeth. So Hold on. Now, is that a fact? That is a fact. I can show pictures. How come you can remember your teeth, but you can't, Bryce? Because you think your teeth are now your beautiful pearly whites that you got. Well, I just I don't remember having small teeth. Like, I always remember having- Do you like, remember like your dad I, pulling one of your teeth? Exactly, but it's still like- Or I can't- Or like, for example, when I- Think about something that was going on in my mouth, like in a memory or something. I don't remember having 28 teeth. Well, or, sorry, yeah. I don't didn't. remember having, what was it, like 14 teeth, but now I have like 28 teeth. Okay. Like, I don't remember what it was like to you not have all my molars. You don't relate to your youth. I just feel like I'm a, when I think back that I'm just a different version of me right now, but that's not the case. Yeah, you've evolved. I'm something else now. I'm a monster. Mm-hmm. But a good monster, wouldn't you say, Scott? Toothy monster. <laughs> You're really quiet today, Sky. <laughs> I'm reciting in my head. Is this what happens when your brain works? Yeah. Because don't talk. You can only handle one thing at a time. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Hey, what were those four names I gave you? You gave me Sasha, Shishi, Jimmy Buffett, and Ubi Doobie. Good. <laughs> Thanks. Very okay. good. That's really good. Want to hear another myth? Yeah, please. I really like this one. There's a myth that actually I kind of thought this too, but that forgetting occurs gradually. You what? That, like the longer something so say when you remember your 10th birthday. Yeah. So oh, yeah. you would think that the day after your 10th birthday, you'd be able to remember it really well, right? Oh, yeah. You were there. Hello. Yeah. But now that it's been several years. Harder to remember. Yeah. Now it's harder to remember. But actually, most forgetting occurs immediately after the event happens. Really? Yeah. So, so you only store thing. a certain amount yeah. of information and then it's that, like, that happens it's exactly sluffage. after. <laughs> you just slough the rest off. Yeah. So the fact that Bryce doesn't remember his tiny teeth could be the fact that he just didn't have room to store it. To store that one, he forgot that one immediately because it wasn't important to him. He only held the relevant data. What do you remember of your childhood? This might tell us a lot about you. Uh, I remember rollerblades. Okay, and obviously important. Obviously, totally stuck with me. Yeah, more than your teeth, apparently. Apparently. Uh, what else? Um, buzz cuts. Okay. Used to cut my hair really, really, really short. Did you feel weird about that? Is that why that um, stuck? Was that embarrassing? Or well, now that I look back, I look like a Q-tip. Okay, well, hey. really, really skinny, very useful. fuzzy on top. Yeah, white hair. <laughs> no, yeah, really, hair was really a whole lot lighter. Was it really? Now it's like black. You dying it? Absolutely no. Okay, <laughs> so that's weird. So the memories only stick. They stick. You get a lot in, but then a lot's just going to yeah. fall off. So no most what. of what you forget happens immediately afterward. You just don't. That's sad. Yeah, it is kind of sad. But it also makes it interesting because doesn't that make you feel better? Like oh. you don't remember your tenth birthday not because you're getting super old and can't remember necessarily. It's, it's that just, probably is a no, contributing factor. That but is for sure. Well, I, I guess just that I'm, I've got sluffage. Yeah. Now I'm go. having the, the more I was thinking about this. I now that you bring up tenth birthday, remember it for the first time in Whoa. fifteen plus years. Do you need a chair? Was it traumatic? <laughs> no, it was. It was a really good. It was a good day. What? Let's talk about it for a minute. <laughs> okay. What What was going on? A little pin the tail on. I the went donkey? to my grandmother's house, and my mom had. Taken you remember this as your tenth birthday? This was my tenth birthday. Yeah, I don't remember my tenth for real. <laughs> she had taken all my presents, hidden them all. Rude. And then I had have to use clues. Oh, fun! Again. To find me to my first present, and then in the first present was a clue to the second present. But, See, I, that but I seriously, until we brought this topic up, I haven't thought of that in 15 years. Now, what are the what are the feelings in your heart right now? 
nostalgic for the 1990s. See, the feelings come. Mm-hmm. So there's got to be a tie between feelings and memories. Oh, yeah, definitely. I always like that, that smells and memories go together. Oh, so it's, see, not, uh, it's not just your feelings, but it's all your senses. Uh, yeah. No, the yeah. smells bug smells me. Smells and memories. They bug you? Mm. I am very sensitive to smells. What if it's like good Thanksgiving dinner or something and you're okay, smelling? Sure. Okay, sure. What if it's water got in the dog food and you're having to throw it out? <laughs> or the dog that rolled in wet grass. Yeah. That smell, not so good. But it makes a memory immediately, Oh, right? it's a memory. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. Smell, so smells are part of that, so that can mm-hmm. trigger our memories. Yeah, definitely. I like that. But some smells you don't want to smell. No. I've smelled, but they still trigger memories. I've smelled a dead body. <laughs> Gross, man. That's one you don't want to remember. How was yeah. that? Well, I was an EMT. I was an ambulance on an ambulance, and I've gone to scenes where people have been dead for a while. Don't want to remember that. I've, I've, when I lived in Argentina, there were dead animals all the time. So a dead smelling animal, you smell, and you can smell it a mile away. It's gross. Sorry to bring you down on that one. Okay, Merritt. So uh, those are cool myths. Yeah. They're cool. I, th- I thought it was interesting because I our perception of memory I think is about as faulty. As it's like you our think you got is. it. Yeah, we think we have it. I still think totally. it is stored like a video recorder, though. You can think that. And then that, some people just I think erase the, the tape. Some people are okay. Okay, let's go to Sky for a minute. Sky, I'm ready to give you these names. Do, are you? I'm ready. Okay. Which uh, so what we did is Bryce put together a list of how many names, Bryce? Eight. Eight names. From uh, a certain show from the seventies, seventies, right? Yeah. yeah, it was or, yeah early seventies. Yeah. I don't know. And uh, yeah, it was seventies. Uh, yeah, because I yeah, it was seventies. So the show Fat Albert, Fat Albert and the Cosby hey, Kids. Hey, hey. I should have gotten a soundbite. Now that I realize that that That's was right. last minute. Though. That's all right. Anyway. That's you, you don't forgot. need one. Matt can do it. Matt's <laughs> got it. Hey, hey, hey. Do Bill Cosby now? Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> That's my thriller. You just have to say something about pudding. <laughs> Jello pudding. Pop. <laughs> okay, so you've got eight names from. I can only remember seven. Well, let's see. Okay. Maybe you can't even remember that. Fat Albert. Hold it. He's not on the list. He was He okay. was implied. So he's not one of the eight. Yeah. Okay. No, he's one of the eight, but he was, wasn't like, well, on, the, well, he's on not, the paper. He's not on the paper. Okay, so. fine. Then there's only seven on the paper. I only remember six. Okay, that's what I'm saying. Let's just <laughs> test your memory. At least don't make up new stories. Do you want to cross them off as I say? I will. I will. Okay, Bill Cosby. Yes. Russell Cosby. Russell Cosby. Rudy, Rudy Dave, or Rudolph Rudy Davis. Man. Mushmouth. Yes. Mushmouth. Bucky. Yes. By the way, Mushmouth. Bucky. Come on, I'm on a roll. virtually Ubi Doobie. Okay, Bucky. Mushmouth is the Ubi Weird Doobie. Harold. Hold on. Uh, uh, Bucky? Yeah. Which is my cousin's name. And Weird Harold. Weird, Weird Harold. Yeah. Well, it's funny. The last one you didn't remember. It's just ironic. I can't remember the last one. His name's that. Dumb Donald. Oh, dumb Donald. Dang. Seems like that would have been a no-brainer. Donald Duck. See, I was like trying to like come up with those. That was amazing. So you really did get one, two, three, four, five, six. Plus Fat Albert. Bryce, tell him Fat Albert was really supposed to be there. He's supposed to be on the list. That would have been just... great. If he was, he wasn't. So we, I'm sorry. We cannot give you that credit. How, but why don't you how give me bureaucratic. A <laughs> Yep, thank you. That's a non-ding. Um, and then I gave you four more. Yes, Sasha, Shishi, Jimmy Buffett, and Ubi Doobie. See? You're great. Because that would be a really what we call large digit span, meaning you can remember a bunch of things in a row. You know what that says? Highly intelligent. Wow. 
quite debatable. <laughs> okay. I'm not saying this sounds like a compliment. No, but that was a compliment. You're you're very intelligent. Thank you, Matt. Appreciate that. You bet. Even though you have chubby hands and small baby teeth. And whatever the last quality was. Short. Short. Oh yeah. Let's take a break. If you can remember to do that. <laughs> We're talking memory today, folks. Do you feel like you have a great memory, an okay memory? Could we trust you to save your family with your memory? Not me. My family would die. Uh, I wish they didn't have to, but uh, daddy's got a bad memory, bad eyes, and bad ears, so he can't remember what's going on. We're going to take a break. We're coming back. We're talking memory, how to improve your memory right here on the Matt Townsend Show. You're listening to us on BYU Radio. Welcome back, friends, to the Matt Townsend Show. Thanks for remembering to stay tuned. This is the the show of all shows. We're teaching you about your memory. Do you ever just feel like you don't remember what you're supposed to remember? Do you ever, like, not write down? I have to write it down. My wife will say, we go to the store, and I'm like, sure, let's write that down. Go to the store. Then I have to write what I'm supposed to get at the store. Then I'm almost to the stage where I have to write, make sure you come home. (laughs) And then I get home. And then almost inevitably, I forgot something. This morning, me and Sky were going <laughs> scuba diving in a little bit. I almost forgot my logbook, my diver's logbook. I almost forgot mine, too. I walked out the door without it, and yeah. I was like, wait. What are divers without a logbook? You're supposed to bring it with you. You're, you're dead. Well, you're, you're dead, divers. You're dead. And I brought my ERPDML, the Electronic Recreation Dive Planner Multi-Level. I don't even know if I'm going to use that, but... Wow. Yep. Never leave home without it. Never. How about you, Sky? I brought mine as well. Your ERPRDML? The ERPDML. The ERPDML. I brought the ERPDML. Someday I'll want to know what that is. All right. Not right now. Maybe when you're older. Maybe what you can remember later. We're going to be quizzing you still. Okay. Up to the minute you leave. Okay. We're going to make it very painful. So, Bryce, you've put together some memory tips, I guess, to help us uh, forget. Not forget. Well, manage the painful memories. Definitely. We've come a long way since film first started. We aren't just recording stories, we're influencing them. But it takes a good director to influence correctly. The more subtle, the better in my humble opinion. Easiest example I can think of is in the 1960s Batman TV series. When a villain was the only person on screen, the director would give them their own crooked camera angle. You probably never noticed, but it changed the way things were perceived. And the same way directors tweak a story using perspective, you can do the same thing with your life. Unfortunately, humans can't really do things like zoom in or change to a wide-angle shot. But we can remember in two ways, field memories and observer memories. Field memories are the ones that you remember in first person. They get the name because all you see is your own field of view. Observer memories are pretty cool. They're the ones you remember as if you are another person watching everything happen. It's like those scenes in movies where some omniscient character is walking an old guy through his own memory. The old guy gets to see his younger self probably making some kind of mistake or just being a rash youth of some sort. Then the omniscient person will do something like pause the memory, just as the old guy's younger self is getting clocked by someone else's much bigger and burlier boyfriend. What's cool about observer memories is that we're separating ourselves from the memory, and this has a pretty cool effect. And this brings up my pro tip about traumatic memories of any kind. What you do is create something in your mind like those scenes from movies. Create the room you're 
in. Walk around in it. Watch things happen to your old self if you can stand it. Just let everything play out. This plan of action stresses me out because my old self usually makes my new self want to cringe, but changing perspective has this strange effect. It reduces the amount of emotion we re-experience about the event. So let me give you an example. Whenever I do something dumb while driving, I really beat myself up about it. Whenever I rehash it all, it's me sitting in my car thinking what to do and watching it totally fail or endanger myself and others. And when I think about it this way, it's all me realizing myself did that recently. But if I were to put myself on the corner of the intersection as a pedestrian waiting for the signal to cross, and then I watch myself perform a complete and total blunder, it somehow doesn't feel as bad. My theory is that it's because you separate your current self from your old and momentarily undesirable self. What you're remembering looks like you, but it isn't who you are now. Do you see what I mean? So now you know. Go forth and reduce the amount you cringe about yourself by changing yourself into the observer. Okay, teacher. Educate us. All right. Think of a painful memory. What's something dumb you did recently? Well, when I lent Skylar my keys. I don't even remember that. That's how bad my oh, memory is. That bad of a memory. bad. I shouldn't have done it. The carnage. Okay. So when you think of that moment. Yeah. And you are, you know, you kind of think like, I'm what like, was I duh, doing? what was I thinking? Was I, I was an idiot. What was I People thinking? People could have died. Okay, imagine driving moment. my car. Okay. Now, now put yourself in the room, but just watching yourself do that. Hand in my keys. Hand in your keys. So well, watch yourself. Sick. Oh, don't do it. Don't do Hand it, Matt. Ah, jeez. And then Sky's got him. This guy's got him. But you know what's really cool is? So when I'm the third person kind of watching, it's a different memory. It cre- It's a different memory. It's a less emotional memory. It's less emotional. Wow. So a lot of people remember like horrible, awful things that happened to them, but they'll remember it from their perspective. Yeah. From their own, inside their own head. See, I actually teach that when I do relationship coaching because sometimes you'll be offended by the memory of what your partner said to you, like you said this thing to me when we were in a fight. But if you look at it from like a third person object like perspective, you're seeing like why would a loving, decent person go through this interchange? What are you seeing? And I actually have them reframe the memory or the <laughs> situation so it's less offensive to them. It's called humanizing. But yours is actually just change your perspective. Yep. Like in a movie, change the filter. Filter change. Know. Hey Sky, do me a favor real fast. Why don't you just name some of those names of the people that we're <clears throat> we've asked you to remember? Weird Harold. Ah, crap. Now I'm thinking of the of the yeah. four you gave me. Okay, yeah. Bill Cosby, Russell Cosby, Fat Albert, Weird Harold, Dumb Donald, Rudolph Rudy Davis, Bucky Mushmouth. And the four I gave you. Sasha, Shishi, Jimmy Buffett, and Ubi Doobie. What's up? That's amazing. Thank you for giving a chime to yourself. <laughs> I can do that more often if you'd that like. That was really good. <laughs> Thank you. See, you had to go back in the in the order that you memorized them, didn't you? You had a little plan. You had a little plan there. You went back. You you had to. I don't like, know. You regrouped. You were stuck, and then you. Well, because I started, started. I started with, to get the. There's two groups of names. I started. They started intermingling. Okay. He's. It's called chunking. No, oh, that guy can. Chunk. I, was, I was chunking. He's a chunk. That's for sure. Uh, Sky, you're doing great. Thanks. We're going to still test that. I don't know that it'll matter. We're actually going to be bringing on the expert, Dr. Bill Clem's going to be joining us after this break. We're talking your memory and uh, how to improve it, how to get uh, more power out of your memory. We're going to go to the author of Memory Power 101, Dr. Bill Clem, after this. This is the Matt Townsend Show right here on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio.
Welcome back, friends, to the Matt Townsend Show. Today we're talking memory. Would you say you have a great memory? Is your memory not so great? How would you categorize your memory process? That's what we're talking about on the show today. Because a lot of us, I don't have a great memory, and maybe I do. Maybe the good doc's going to fix me on that. I, I also apparently have bad eyes, bad hearing, and low energy. Maybe those all contribute. Sky? Yes. Give me the third name I gave you. Jimmy Buffett. Wow. You're good. (laughs) He's like a steel trap. He's like a video recorded memory stored away in his brain, but apparently that's not how it works. So we're going to go to the expert. Dr. Bill Clem is going to be joining us right now. He has authored over 200 peer-reviewed scholarly papers. He's also the author of 17 books. His most recent is Memory Power 101. He served on the graduate education committees of three colleges, College of Agriculture, Science, and Veterinary Medicine at Texas A&M. He writes a newspaper column for baby boomers about memory, attentiveness, and perception, and he also writes a blog for Psychology Today. He's been listed in successive editions of Marquis, Who's Who in America and Who's Who in the World. You can find more about Dr. Bill Clem at his website, thankyoubrain.com. Dr. Bill Clem, thanks for being on the show with us. Well, I'm Matt. It's good talking to you, and I'm glad to have the chance to uh, talk to your listeners. You bet. Enlighten us on memory, because, you know, I'm a fairly young buck, relatively speaking. Everyone in the studio is laughing. I'm 43 years old. They're yeah, all, you, you know, they're, they're like 12. <laughs> and um, so they remember everything. But so help us understand, because I know one of the things that... Um, I mean, as we age, you know, we all kind of expect our memory to fade a little bit. But how does it work? How does memory work? Well, uh, there are two basic processes. One is a short-term memory, and one is a longer-term memory, and they use different processes. The short-term memory is uh, illustrated by what happens when you look up a telephone number in a phone book. Yeah. and you hold that number just long enough to dial it, and sometimes some of us have to look it up again, right? Yeah. Uh, it's put online as sort of a uh, – it's put online as sort of a scratch pad environment, uh, which is easily erased. See, that's what we've been testing. by new input, and, and usually – when you lose what's in your short-term memory, it's because you thought of something else or you had a new stimulus. Okay, so you can only kind of hold the short-term memory as long as you can hold your attention on it. That's right. Because we've been and, testing that with our guy here. We rehearse it in, in real time. Okay. So now, um, Longer-term memory actually requires changes in the brain. The brain has actually got to make new connections okay. to store that, that temporary scratch pad memory. Huh. And, and that takes uh, rehearsal. And it takes time. Hmm. That's the problem. You've got to rehearse it, so it's got to be kind of habitual, right? I guess, does it have to be important? Or can oh, yeah. you? I, or I guess yeah. you can remember silly it things. It doesn't have to be important, but the more important it is, the more biologically significant it is, the more likely you are to remember it long term. Like biologically significant, meaning core part of your existence. 
yeah, survivability. Or, or, you know, it can be social things uh, relating to school or the job or so forth. It, okay. The more important it is, the more effort your brain is going to make to remember it. Well, so I guess the point is if we keep forgetting names of people, we just haven't – it's in the short-term memory, and we haven't figured out a way to put that into the process of memorizing it yet. That's, that's a problem most everybody has. Ah, blasted. So that's just – that's everybody. Yeah, and, and names are especially hard because they, they're hard to associate with um, images or other things you know. Right. And you have to contrive ways to make associations – uh, especially to remember names. See, I, I mean, I guess it's just a skill, isn't it? You're de- you're probably designed to use the short-term memory, be able to dispose of certain things you don't need forever, just kind of like we do with our own computers. And you got to be able to actually keep some things stored. And does does emotion have anything to do with this? Because it seems like a lot of people that you know have a ton of emotion about a problem or an issue tend to remember it. Like if I make my wife mad, for example, she, she remembers it for a really long time. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> but in general, uh, uh, positive emotions make it easier to remember and negative emotions um, uh, uh, make it hard for you to remember things. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Unless you're offended, you know, yeah. in the example you just gave. So positive emotions tend to store better. Yeah, and it's not clear why. It, it may relate to stress, and we could talk about stress. Maybe you want to do that yeah, later. Yeah, we'll do that. I think in the next block. I think. Um, okay. So, so some of the so positive memories tend to store a bit better than some of the negative memories. Um, wh- what else would be core? Well, now what I, no, what I meant to say was a positive attitude. Oh, uh, makes it easier for you to remember things. Oh, like if you're like if you think you can do it. Yeah, if you're upbeat and, and in good spirits, uh, it's easier to remember things than if you're depressed and sad and so forth. Yeah, no, I I believe that. But well, it, there's there's research to document it. Does um, so okay. So help me with memorization. So then memorization is any time we're really going to make a short term memory long term. That's when we're kind of etching it in. And one of the things you said we need is some repetition. Isn't, isn't that what you said? Like, uh, we just need to keep going over it. Well, that's, that's what most people think of as rote memory, which is probably the worst way to memorize something, or really? the least efficient way. Yeah. The most efficient way is, is to associate what you're trying to remember with something you already know. Okay. And, and in addition... To, to make an image of it. You've heard the saying that a picture is worth a thousand words. Uh-huh. Uh, that's more or less true, that your brain is wired to think in pictures, not words. Okay. And, uh, yeah, you, you know, the brain devotes far more resources to images than it does to uh, sounds. Interesting. And, and so if we want to remember it. You, the brain has two language centers, roughly, and they're about the size of a quarter. Wow. And the whole back of your head's devoted to vision. Really? So, yeah, you've got more receptors to vision than memory, so you may as well form it in a vision. So if I if I had a shopping list, I guess you would suggest take the Im- take the things that are on the shopping list, form an image, put them into one image, and that'll help me remember it. Or you can chain images together in sort of a storyline or or in a in a um walk through the grocery store. Hmm. Uh, situation. 
do you do you sense that this like we have all this technology like is it bad if I'm just going to write it down so my wife says here's the list so we write it down or I have her text it to me um, is there a problem when I start shortchanging my memory and I start no I don't, cheating? I don't think so in, in in some cases it it helps you organize your life and you know, I have no objection to sticky notes and reminders and calendars and so forth but only if they make you mentally lazy mm. do they become a problem. But they can things like that can help organize your life and reduce your cognitive load, as people would say. Yeah. Well, I see these games that they're promoting for memory for, you know, seniors. Like, hey, go get this game. And it seems like we, we all probably ought to take our minds and our memories a little more seriously because – it is something we we kind of stop working directly the minute we're out of school. It feels like when you're in school, it seems like we're memorizing all the time. And a lot of times, when you're out of school, you stop memorizing. Yeah, and that's that's a problem, and probably one of the main reasons that um, people lose memory ability as they age. Mm. They, they don't keep challenging their brain. And remember what I said about. Long-term memory. When you remember something long-term, you've actually changed your brain. Yeah, you've 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 dis- distorted you know, it a bit. Yeah, you've made new connections now to hold that new memory. Hmm. And 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 so, no matter what your age is, that process is going on if you use it and and um, make yourself learn things. And now I know you've got a bunch of exercises you're also going to teach us as we go into this. Because uh, one of the things we were talking about earlier is smell. I guess is that so when my brain makes a memory about something, um, I guess part of the etching of that memory into my brain could be if, if there's smells associated, then I guess it's also going to different parts of my brain as well, right? So I could probably access that memory through a smell or through a thought or through, you know, someone calling me. Yeah, and that's that's uh, sort of making the point that the more cues you have associated with what you're trying to remember, the easier it is to remember and the easier it is to recall it when when you use these cues. Hmm. See, why isn't and, anyone you know, telling us this? Sensations, odors yeah. and smells and tastes and so forth are all cues that you could use to to help form and retrieve memories. I love that. I mean, because, you know, I'm more – smells are kind of automatic to me. I've got a very sensitive olfactory system. But then visual, pretty good there. But uh, if you just ask me to go sit down and memorize, you know, 20 stars in the galaxy or solar system or whatever, that wouldn't happen. I wouldn't – that's not easy for me. So you're saying, though – Well, if, everybody would have that problem unless they use some mnemonics or – So we need to use these other strategies. Yeah. Okay. Well, we're gonna have to have we're gonna you're gonna have to teach us. That's the only way around this, Doctor Bill. You gotta you gotta give us the light. We're gonna take a break, and uh, when we come back, I want you to get in a little bit more about the stress idea and some of the common problems that might be impacting our memory. Then I also would love you to start teaching us what are some of the tricks of the trade. Memory Power One Hundred and One. The author of that book is joining us right now, Doctor Bill Clem. Uh, He's he's for real. He's the real deal when it comes to memory. He's authored 17 books. His latest is Memory Power 101. You can check it out at thankyoubrain.com. 
We're going to take a break. We'll be right back here on the Matt Townsend Show on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. Welcome back, everybody. That's the hoedown music from the Matt Townsend Show. Today we're talking about memories and uh, how your memory works. You know, there's a lot of uh, little tricks that some of us don't quite know about our memories. But maybe if we just got our minds wrapped around it, picked up a few different skills, we might be able to remember a whole lot more. In fact, I'm pretty sure we will. Dr. Bill Clem is joining us. He is the author author of over 200 peer-reviewed scholarly papers. So highly published professor. He has also served on the graduate education committees of three colleges at Texas A&M, Agriculture, Science, and Veterinary Medicine. He's authored 17 books of his own, most recently his book on Memory Power 101, which is what he's teaching us about. And you can go check him out at thankyoubrain.com. That's where you can get all the information uh, or information about his books, information of him as a speaker. He's really done it all, from a colonel in the Air Reserves. Um, he's a scientist. He's a professor, software entrepreneur. He's done it all, and he's an author. So obviously he has a great memory going going for him. Dr. Bill Clem, thanks again for joining us. Okay, I'm glad to be here. So, okay, give us some of the some of the problems with memory. Okay, one problem you were getting into is um, stress. Stress yeah. somehow. What is it? A barrier to memory? What is it? Well, it depends on how much stress and how long it occurs. Uh, uh, a little stress for a short period of time is a good thing. It makes you pay attention. Yeah, focus. <laughs> and attention is uh, uh, one of the most uh, important aspects of memory, because if you're not paying attention, the information doesn't register. Hmm. And if it doesn't register, you have no chance to remember it. Yeah, well, that seems like what happens to a lot of us when we're sitting there talking at a party and we can't remember a name. Yeah, is or sometimes when you you're meet not... a lot of people at a party, you know, and you just go from one person to another right. to another, and it never really registered. So you don't have the attention. But then you're so a little stressed, like if we said, okay, if you remember three people that you met tonight... We're going to give you a car. That's a good stress. Yeah, yeah, that would help. Yeah. Okay. But now, chronic stress is another problem because chronic stress uh, causes a, a continuous release of corticosteroid hormones, they're called, and, uh, and they actually can become toxic to nerve cells. Mm. And, and the, this, if nerve cells are exposed to high levels of this hormone long enough, it, they will die. Ooh. Yes. Like a, like, and, and, of course, you, you need those neurons to yeah. make memories. So that's a—I mean, if you're stressed enough, these the, the corticosteroids— Corticosteroids. Steroids. You know, and, and they're a version of steroids that athletes are accused okay. of taking. And, and, and that literally will start to damage or destroy neurons. Yeah. Wow. And the other aspect of stress is— that when you're stressed, you, you, you don't feel well. You know, you have negative emotions. And what did I just say earlier about yeah. negative emotions? They're not great That's right. they, producers they, of they, memories. They interfere with forming memories. Interesting. So you could be a stress case, kids. Well, in, any professor... Make it harder to remember to pick up your kids. Well, in, any professor or teacher sees an 
their, their grades start to plummet yes, for whatever reason. I have family members that can't, they don't, oh, that's fascinating because I have family members that can't, they don't test well. And part of the reason I'm convinced they don't test well is because they're just so stressed. They, they get so amped up for the test. All the stress hormone messes them up. They study well. They do every assignment. They get what they're doing. It's just the pressure of the test that bugs them. Yeah, and the and the anxiety that's associated with that mm. makes it harder for them to think straight. They're thinking about their their worries and their anxiety instead of the material. Yeah. So, so in that sense, it's a distraction. Yeah. And remember what I said about short-term memory. If you get distracted, you lose it. See, it's a spiral. These all kind of feed on each other, don't they? Yeah. Does it, um, as that's I... That's one reason why good students do well and poor students do poorly. Exactly. Jerks. Those are the ones I can't stand are the ones that just don't feel any stress and they just take the test. Because yeah. it's interesting, if you all of a sudden had a, an anxiety issue, memory, I mean, it, it can really impact you, can't it? Just a simple diagnosis of, you know, being having an anxiety disorder could actually impact you oh, as well. Absolutely, because, uh, it, it, you know, you're dumping these steroid hormones and you're worried about something else instead of the material you're trying to remember. Yeah. And you got all these distractions going on that interfere with forming memories and also they interfere with recall of stuff you do remember. Yeah. You know, it's a, a, a total negative situation. It's interesting. I went to a, uh, a funeral yesterday or a few days ago, and, you know, a funeral is this great sharing of all of these memories. Um, but I sit there and I think, man, we might not have as many memories simply because we lived life in this stressful way. And one of the things that the, the person who was an uncle that had passed away, one of the lessons he taught is, hey, slow down, everybody. Slow down. You're yeah, all I, way I too stressed. You're doing way too much stuff. I agree with that. And that's especially a problem with young people these yeah. days. They're so busy multitasking and trying to do everything at once and and, and stressed out. Yeah. Don't get enough sleep, you know, it, it, all of which is bad for memory. Boy. And then so another so stress is one component. And then the other component you were talking about is age. I mean, it's inherently I guess it's normal that our, our memories might fade a little bit when we get older. Not, but it doesn't have to be that way. Good. I mean, uh, there, there are a lot of old people. I hope I'm one of them. That are just as sharp as they were when they were young. Yeah, totally. So, is that is that just by you know managing your stress and paying more attention? Well, some of it has to do with your general health too. Yeah. You know, if your arteries are plugged up and uh, you got uh, diabetes and things of that, so that sort, those obviously interfere with your brain function. Right. And, is... and that's part of the message here that anything affects anything that affects brain function will affect memory okay so anything that can negatively adver- or adversely impact your brain will or ha- or can inevitably impact your memories as well that's right and it works the other way around anything you do to improve your memory is improving your brain it's exercising hmm. your brain it's making your brain grow new connections which not only can store information but now they can be used for processing yeah. these new connections. So, so part of that is we got to take the brain more seriously, don't we? We've got to get out, exercise it, protect it, make sure that we're we're protecting it a little bit more. Yeah, exercise your brain just like you're supposed to exercise your body. 
it's funny because we get big, uh, you know, we have a lot of focus on plaque in our hearts and is your is your cholesterol level high? But we don't seem to talk much about the brain until you seem to have a disorder like Alzheimer's or dementia. I mean, it's why don't we focus on it more? It seems pretty cri- that's critical. That's reason I write books on the subject. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, really, that's crazy. Think about that. Yeah, and in the connection with the arteries plugging up. Uh huh. Those those arteries in the brain plug up too. Yeah, there's brain arteries, right? They eventually may cause a stroke. Yeah. And we know that a lot of us have miniature strokes and don't realize it. But but those miniature strokes in the brain are affecting your brain function. Man. We're lucky to be alive, don't you think? <laughs> it's a miracle. How do we survive? Okay, so here's what I want to know. What are some things we can do then? What are some of the um, you know, some of the tricks of the trade that you've learned? Some of the mental exercises we can do to to pick up our memory game? Well, in in general, uh, first let me say that anything you do that challenges your brain is mental exercise. It can be playing chess. It can be learning a musical instrument, um, reading difficult material, um, solving problems, uh, anything of that sort. Now, as far as specific uh, memory uh, tricks or techniques, I, w- I would say the first and most important thing is t- is to use images, mental images. And the more you do that, the easier it, it gets to do that. In other words, uh, you you get more uh, facile at generating mental images. Give us an example. To make associations. So if you've got three things to do today and you want to remember those three things, not forget those three things, you're saying you try to put together a mental image— Yes. To remember that. Yes, make a mental image of each and, and figure out a way to link the three images. Okay. And in, and if they have to be done in a certain sequence, you can you can do that. One one uh, popular technique that's at least 3,000 years old or 2,500 years old is, is called the method of loci, where you, you take a, an environment, like a room in your house mm-hmm. where you you already know where everything is you know you yeah. don't have to memorize that you've done that you can walk through it every day of your life and use objects in that room as uh, anchor points okay for for what you're trying to remember so as you walk through the 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 say your bedroom you know, you know the first thing you encounter is your dresser so you have this image of the dresser now if you want to remember something like you go to the cleaners you know, like go to the cleaners and then think of a cleaning bag hanging on your dresser. Okay. And then uh, the next the object in your room might be the closet door. Yeah. And uh, your next task, you can make a mental image of it. And uh, and when you open the closet door, they're staring at you. That's great. And you walk through the room. And, and part of the reason, there are two reasons that works. One one is you're, you're using locations. Yeah. And where information is. It's a strong cue on what the information is. That's just the way we're built. I don't know why okay. it's that way. And the second is you're, you're using images instead of words. How would you then tie those together? So if I rem- if I needed to get the cleaning, uh, take my car to get washed, and I open the door to my closet, and in the in there is 
a car wash or whatever. Yeah, yeah whatever. Uh, How do I tie those two together? That's a because well, that to me is a your cool. Your room does that for you. You don't have to memorize. So I just got to go in the room and remember. Website. Okay, I just got to remember. There's three things in that room. Well, you don't, that shouldn't be a chore, right? You already well, do. You'd think I would. You'd think that would be easy, <laughs> but that might be. I love that. What's that called? Low sci. Pardon? What's the name of that approach? Oh, method of loci, L-O-C-I. L-O-C-I. Uh, Latin for locus, location. Oh yeah, I to me that's a no that could that's a no brainer. Actually, that's a total brainer. Actually, there's nothing new about that. It was back in the days of the ancient Greek orators. Yeah. When they didn't have writing, and they and they would give speeches, you know, lasting yeah. an hour or so. This is how they memorized their speech. Wow, that was a full room, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> that room they're imagining. Okay, we're going to take a break. Dr. Bill Clem has now given us some tools to improve our memory. Uh, remember, you know, apparently if we just use our mind a lot more, it's we're exercising it. So if we're also using our memory more, we're creating more, you know, neurological connections in the brain. Good stuff. Method loci. There's one for you. We're going to come back keep talking with Dr. Bill Clem, who's going to give us a few more ideas, tools, for how to kind of make our memory go a little bit farther uh, and spread the memory around a little bit more. This is the Matt Townsend Show. You're listening to us right here on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to the Matt Townsend Show. I'm your host, Dr. Matt Townsend, your relationship coach, your guide on the side, now your memory magician. Doing what we can on this show to help you improve your memory today. You feel like you've got a great memory, an okay memory? Are you like Skyboy, who can remember, I don't know, 14 names, but can't remember that we have 12 a, names. 12 names, but can't remember that we have a cut in that I'm supposed to do. And to the last second, he tells me about it. Not I, I remind you every day, so I think you should be the one that should have remembered, because I see it here. I don't know if you've noticed, but I've got I, I a lot was... going on right now. Just trying to carry a show. <laughs> okay. I don't get nap time. I don't get to go scuba diving today. I just get to work. You have a tough life, Matt. You have no <laughs> idea. You have no idea, Sky Boy. Oh, well. That was fun, though. Never a dull moment with you, Sky. We're uh, talking on the phone with Dr. Bill Clem. Now, Dr. Bill Clem is uh, an author. He's authored more than 17 books. His most recent is Memory Power 101. He served and worked at Texas A&M on the faculty there. He served on the graduate education committees of three colleges, College of Agriculture, Science, and Veterinary Medicine. Okay, He knows his stuff. He also has been cluing us in on memory. He is a blogger for Psychology Today and has also been um, listed in the successive editions of Marquee, Who's Who in America and Who's Who in the World. You can find him more about him at thankyoubrain.com. Dr. Clem, welcome back to the Matt Townsend Show. I'm glad to be here. Glad you're sticking with us. I uh, really liked your last little uh, effort to teach us this method, Lucy, um, about how to remember things you know, by kind of going to a place where you're already comfortable, like a room, you already know what the room looks like, and then you just start making these mental images 
about what you need to remember and put it in that room so you can go back and recall, okay, I've got to get this, I've got to get this, I've got to get this. That's a great activity. What, and again, like you said, been around thousands of years, 3,000 years at least. Um, what are some other mental exercises we could be doing? Well, a lot of them are in, in the book, and they, and they don't describe well over the, over yeah. the radio. Um, but but there are techniques for remembering numbers and remembering playing cards and uh, and I don't really want to teach people that. Yeah, that's a hard one. Yeah, you don't <laughs> want people gamble. counting cards. Yeah, at BYU Radio, we don't want to do that either. Um, but I, I I like to focus on the the general principles that everybody can do without using tricks. Yeah. And and one general principle that affects everybody is avoiding distractions. Uh. You, you, how many of your listeners have have gone to the refrigerator <laughs> and opened the door and said, "Now, to themselves, what was it I was going to get?" Yeah, and and I think everybody's had that experience, and it happens because they've been distracted. Yeah, something happened in the, you know a phone call or something on the television or whatever that that wiped off their scratch pad memory, and now they've lost it. They oh, forgot yeah. you know, why they opened the door. So distractions in general have the effect of putting something new on the scratch pad that you were otherwise going to remember. Do do you have an easy way that you have found to get us back to the original memory? You, you have to train you have to train your brain to pay attention and focus. Okay. And and that's not done in 5 minutes. No. Uh a year or so ago I took up yoga. Not <laughs> not religious yoga but just yoga yeah. as a mental discipline. And and one of the features of yoga is it teaches you how to pay attention. Yeah. Focus. Uh, one technique is just think only about your breathing, and and nothing else. And and you you can train your brain to shut off all the chatter that normally goes on in your head, and 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 ignore the uncomfortable position your body's in, and just focus on one thing. And this is uh, very effective in in training your brain to uh, pay attention. And not be distracted. Well, and and that, it turns out for older people, the, uh, distractibility is the biggest problem. Is it really? Because for younger people, too. It's to show that it's not memory per se that's the problem with age. It's mm. distractibility. Yeah. You, like, I, would, I always thought it was like processing speed would slow down or something. But the reality is it's just you're probably just distracted. And it's not clear why we be, tend to become more distracted as we get older, but, it, but it's a common problem. Yeah. Also, it seems like, um, and you kind of were mentioning this earlier, but your body's going to affect your brain. Your brain's going to affect your memory. Uh, sleep's a big deal as well, isn't it? Oh, absolutely. And, and we we haven't talked about this, but your your listeners may remember earlier I talked about the consolidation process, where what's on your scratch pad gets converted into long term memory because your brain is actually making new connections, and that that takes. Time, of course. Right, right. Uh, but when you recall something, well, I'll get to that in a minute. This process of of consolidation is uh, carried on while you sleep. You, while you sleep, you are consolidating what you learned that day, mm. not yesterday or the day before, but that day. Right. And if you lose sleep, of course, then you lose time uh, that your brain could have been using to consolidate your memory. Oh, that's interesting. And yeah. There's, there's research also that shows that even naps are good. Oh, I love naps. Yeah. Oh, well, me too. I, I love naps and snacks, and I think they go together. 
and 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 naps will help you consolidate what you just learned in the previous three or four hours. I'd like to see college students have schedules where they can oh, have I a nap agree. in the afternoon. Wouldn't that be great? Like we ought to have a downtime, like a nap time. Yeah, we used and, to have and, it in uh, preschool. Oh, speaking of college students, I have an ebook for on memory just for oh, just, just for, for college. Can they get that yeah, on your well, website? Yeah, you can access it through the through the website or find out how to get to it. It's called Better Grades. Less effort. Great. Better grades, less effort. And they can get that uh, if you just go to thankyoubrain.com. Yeah. Better grades, less effort. Oh, that's huge. Let's do this. we got to wrap up. But tell me, um, what, what would you say is the single most important thing for a good memory? If we've got just one more tip or even reiterating what you've already taught, what's the one thing that you think makes the biggest difference? I think it's to expect to have a good memory. Mm. If you if you expect yourself to have a good memory, you'll do what's necessary, and you might have to do some reading and learn about sure. what you have to do. But if, if you expect it of yourself, you set a high bar, you'll live up to your expectation, and you will, in fact, get a good memory. I love that. And, and so really be telling yourself, I've got a good memory. Instead of just kind of copping out saying, I don't remember things. Yeah, and the converse of that is if you say, I have a poor memory, then you won't make the effort to make it any better. You just accept life as it is. I love it. Rather than trying to change it. Yeah. Dr. Bill Clem, I think you got it. Uh, Expect to have a good memory. Plan for it. Prepare for it. Eat for it. Sleep for it. Uh, Get your book, by the way, Memory Power 101. Go to his website, thankyoubrain.com. Dr. Bill Clem, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. It was good talking with you good, and your audience. Good talking with you as well. Uh, really, really good stuff. I, you know, it's uh, it, it's he doesn't make it sound hard. It's it seems easier uh, than that. Hey, Skyboy, real fast. What was the fourth name I gave you? Ubi Doobie. Piece of cake. No, just Ubi Doobie. Just Ubi Doobie. But it was a piece of cake to remember that. Is that how you was that a was that a mnemonic you used? No. Okay. <laughs> We're I think Ubi Doobie kind of is a mnemonic. I think it is. Yeah. It's a great mnemonic. Yeah. Don't you think? Doobie. We're going to take a break. We're learning about your mind, the power of your memory. This is the Matt Townsend Show right here on BYU Radio. Welcome back, friends, to the Matt Townsend Show. Today we are talking about memories. And uh, Sky just keeps bringing up all the great memories he's had on the show with me. And I keep reminding him that's not the memory we're talking about. But appreciate it. Uh, we are instead right now going to move into um, a really interesting phenomenon called deja vu. Yeah, I'm going to start with a little anecdote. Okay. Okay. About a year ago, I was riding on a train through the channel. The channel. From Brussels in Belgium okay. to London. Wow. And I had dreamed my whole life of going to London. Like, I don't, I think that any kid who read Harry Potter dreamed their whole life of going to London, but I like especially did for yeah. some reason. And I was sitting there in the train and my, I like had this weird kind of like visceral reaction. I was like, my hands were sweating. I was shaking and I was so nervous. I was like, this is yeah. London. Platform. I've waited my whole life What's the name of the platform you were going to go to? Nine and three quarters. Yeah. We didn't actually go into that station okay. right, then. Checking. But anyway, so I was super nervous about it. And, um, but you, I was, you know Harry Potter's not real. I do, okay. yes. But 
It had been something I had waited for this was for a dream, really long right. time. It was a dream. It was where lots of people I had admired come from. And I had think it's a beautiful city. I had right. done tons of research. And as I was sitting there, I just got really nervous. I'm like, what if it doesn't? What if it, what if it isn't everything that I want it to be? Oh, that's scary. What if I'm like disappointed by like, and I, you know, yeah. I had spent a significant amount of money trying to get to London too. So that didn't help anything. So I was just sitting there. And finally, we got out of the train and we haul our suitcases all the way up. And I get out there and I was like, First of all, my first reaction was like, oh, it's okay. Like, I absolutely loved it. You remember the where minute you came I stepped out? out? Yeah, I came out right across from Hyde's Park mm-hmm. front at the Queensway Station. Neat, yeah. Yeah, so I look out, and you know, there's beautiful Hyde Park right in front of us with the yeah. Kensington Palace right mm-hmm. there. Red buses zipping along, black cabs. It was absolutely fantastic. Yes. Nice, you know, kind of slightly cold, moist air. Right. Yeah, it was absolutely great. But... That was awesome. But then something else happened. What? I felt like I had been there before. What? And I walked out of the station. I was like, I feel like I'm at home. Maybe it something. was another world. It was It was a really bizarre feeling. And I kind of got, I was like, of all the things I expected to happen, I didn't feel like I would have been there before. Deja and vu. That was deja vu. So deja vu is officially defined as... Um, the feeling that you've seen or experienced something before when you know you haven't. Weird. Yeah. So people use it incorrectly a lot. Yeah. It's not like something just happened and yeah. then it happened. No. It's like you know you haven't experienced yeah. before, but your gut reaction Well, everyone's is, felt that, yeah. right? Like where you, hey, I swear we've done this show before. No, just kidding. Uh, <laughs> That's just you, man. That's just but. me. So, so then, okay. So help us because is deja vu just, is it real? Have we had this experience before? Are we having okay. the same well, experience? Well, see, that's the thing. And there are lots of different types of deja vu because deja vu actually means, from in French, yeah. it means already seen. Mm. But scientists are saying that we maybe should expand that term yeah. and we should include words for already experienced or already thought or already visited, which was kind of what I th- I felt like it yeah, already yeah. visited. You had already been place. to London. Yeah. So um, my mom – so I kind of went – like, I don't really know what deja vu is. So I kind of asked around. I'm like, why would you – I asked my friends. I asked my parents. I'm like, why would I feel this way the minute I got off the train that I had been here before? It's destiny. Yeah. I've, like, maybe destiny. Um, my friends were convinced that it's because I have a British personality. Really? Like, I, I love, you, you know, have a sweaters, spirit. tea, being really reserved. That's kind of me. Really? Yeah. But I, that seems kind of okay. silly. I asked my mom. She said it's genetic memory. My ancestors come from England. So she says – I come back there. Maybe my, your genes were my like, genes bing, remembered. Bing, bing, yeah, bing, bing. we're home. Yeah, but really, deja vu isn't um, very well defined. And the problem is, is that it occurs briefly, and usually people have no clue when it's coming, and there is no sort of witness or physical. Yeah, it's not. Like, it's not. You can't like. You've had deja vu. Yeah, it's not qualitative at right. all. You can just say, "Oh." I'm experiencing deja vu. I think I know what it is. So scientists have nothing to go off of. You had travel fog. I had travel fog. That's actually very likely. Right. And the pressurization of the channel, (laughs) it it impacted your hippocampus. Okay. Yeah. I don't know if that's a real word. Sure. Hippocampus. Hippocampus. That's a a real one. Yeah. Uh, I don't know what it is. What what do the pros say? So – the pros can't agree, and they don't have much to say, actually. Well, who's so this the is loudest cool. pro, and what are they saying? Um, there, there are a lot of different theories. Okay. My favorite is one based um, from a guy named Alan Brown, and he says it's um, what he calls the cell phone theory, which is really just divided attention. So he says that we, 
experienced deja vu when we've been distracted by something else. Yep, I believe this. And one. then yeah, so we're distracted by something, and maybe something's going on in the background. Maybe I'm, we're still picking up data. Yeah, we're, we're still just picking not up data. Paying attention. We're not paying attention in our conscious mind. So yeah. say I was sitting there and I was watching a movie about London, maybe even on that street corner yeah. that I came out of, but I wasn't paying attention to it at the time. Yeah. So when I got to London, my brain finished processing that. I like that. Yeah. So that's really interesting. That but feels good. Not super well supported either. Oh, really? Yeah. None of these are. Other theories are... Um, drunken stupor. <laughs> There's always the drunken there, stupor. Yes. Uh, that, that kind of thing. Um, people with epilepsy... Usually experience deja vu more often. That's really an interesting thing. Hold on, now why is that? Um, something happens when they're having. See, I think it, that's the key. And, and again, I'm a doctor, <laughs> PhD, but um, it's the, there's. I think these there's these episodes. It's the syncopation. I don't know if that's the word. It's the brain syncing that's a little off, and so you're you're experiencing a moment, but it's processing just a little bit slower. But you get it. You get the emotional reaction to it, mm-hmm. but then you also have the process after it. Two kind things. Of, yeah. Ba-bum. It's like a wave. I don't know. Yeah. Just, I so mean. that's kind of one theory. There there are several more that go along with that, that basically your brain hasn't completely processed something, and then once you experience whatever it is, yeah. your brain finished processing. Man. Um, but other theories, you know, we experience things when we watch movies. We experience things when we listen to music or read books and those kinds of emotions we might not have like a specific memory like oh i experienced this but yeah. maybe something that you listened to brought about that same kind of emotion and maybe that's why you're feeling yeah deja vu um but really the reality is nobody really knows what Isn't deja that vu funny is that how can everybody experience deja vu yeah and yet no one can tell you what it I is i think yet. it is like the greatest thing that there's this awesome huge chasm of mystery that, i love it yeah it just tells you how really fragile you are. Yeah. Well, and memory overall is kind of bizarre the more you start thinking mm-hmm. about it. When Helen Keller was a teenager, she um, was writing a lot. That was one of the things that she worked on. As a teen. As a teenager, yeah. And she wrote a little fairy tale book that actually got submitted to a publisher, and she published a little fairy tale wow. book when she was about 16. Wow. And um, after she published it, as this teenager, you know, and it was Helen Keller, so this is pretty awesome. Yeah. She... Got sued, um, got several people getting after her because apparently there was another book that was basically exactly the same thing. Did they know, not know she was blind? <laughs> so she didn't read yeah. their book. Well, she, see, she didn't deaf. go blind and deaf until she was about to. Oh, okay. so somebody so read her a story. So, yeah, here's the thing. They did find the book in her parents' home. And so basically what had happened is that something, yeah. somewhere way deep down, she remembered the story. And then when she was writing How this children's book, it came back up. Yeah. And she had no recollection of it. And it definitely wasn't intentional. No, no. But her memory worked that way for whatever reason. That's amazing. Yeah. So it's... imagine the things you don't even – that you think – are even your thoughts, but really aren't. They're someone yeah. else's or just something your mom said to you or something that somebody read to you when you were two. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's what England was. Yeah, it could be. Mm-hmm. I think, though, that with Huge. kind of that power that we see, that we just need to kind of focus on enhancing those memories. I agree. As I'm um, studying film, and I watched a film the other day about um, a man in Belgium. It was by, done by the Dardan brothers, and it was called The Sun. And um, as I was watching it, it was set in Belgium. I visited Belgium before, but just watching that, even though I hadn't been to those specific places, because of that experience and those yeah. memories I had, I felt like I enjoyed the film more. Really? Yeah. 
And I, I don't, I can't pinpoint it no, to a certain just, thing, but no, I but felt connected. It's that multi-sensory stuff we yeah. were just talking about earlier. That mm-hmm. you, the more you know, the more neurons you have attached to a thought or a concept. Yeah, you enjoy memory. it more. So yeah, just maybe a thought to experience. Try to focus more on creating those good memories because it's not just what you can remember in the scrapbook. It could enhance your lives in do you, so do many you ways. Think, um, do you think technology is messing us up? I think it could be. It's very distracting. Our own Hannah Montana has put together an entire bit, a segment all about this. Hannah, is that true? Have you, uh, what do you think? Technology, is it messing us up? Um, I think it's interesting to think of the internet as potentially being an external memory. Ooh, keep that thought. Answer this question, folks. Have you ever thought modern technology may be changing how and what we remember, could it be affecting our education? How do you remember all of your relatives' birthdays? Do you have a calendar with dates marked, a personal planner, an automated email, or like me, do you rely on the My Birthday app on Facebook? No matter what you use, the chances of you storing everyone's birthday in your immediate memory is slim to none. In this modern day, you don't have to remember everything for yourself. You must simply remember who or what knows it. Cell phones hold phone numbers and contact information. GPS devices have directions. We don't have to remember capitals of countries, the artists of songs on the radio, or obscure actors. We have a search engine that we trust to give us accurate information. In essence, we use it as an extension of our memory. In a digital age where most homework is done or submitted online, it is obvious what a large player the internet is and how assignments are completed. Instead of reading and memorizing information, students are able to make a quick Google search and complete work quickly and accurately. As long as they know where to go, they are not required to memorize information. While the Internet has changed how classwork is completed, it has not affected how testing is administered. In the United States, doing well on standardized testing is almost integral to your success. From elementary school all the way to a doctorate's degree, you are tested on whether you can move forward in a subject, and you are placed in either normal or advanced classes. When applying for universities, you are required to take the ACT or SAT, and your score plays a large role in the quality of school you can get into, along with your ability to attain scholarships. I'm not saying standardized testing is a bad thing, but I do wonder, are these tests measuring your intelligence or your memory? And if they are testing your memory, and we do in fact rely on the internet as an external and transactive memory, how will this change how we define intelligence? Wow. That's a great question. Because I think you should be able to use the internet on the test. Well, it just just begs the question, you know, like how how will we remember things? You know, are we going to be more specialized? Oh, no, I just did that. I don't – why would I need to remember – okay, I want this obituary of my uncle – so I guess I could go store it somewhere, but I also know the organizations that hosted the obituary are going to keep the obituary for a very long time. So then mm-hmm. I thought, well, it'll always be online. Why do I, I just let online store it? Well, yeah, especially when it gets into like what your professional career is or any kind of schooling uh, that you have, like particularly postgraduate work, um, they're testing your ability to read and memorize. Mm-hmm. And that's if you're not remembering it, because if you if you get the assignment and it's like, OK, well, I can just Google all of this. Oh, you yeah. know, why are you going to sit there and memorize you can stuff? Wikipedia and, you know, Wikipedia is on top of it. You know, it's perfect. <laughs> right. <laughs> Maybe not. Uh, but see, that's what I think is fascinating, because think of what my kids, your kids are all going to be going through. What is their what's the expectation going to be? 
What is intelligence? Is it the ability to go find it, assimilate it, incorporate it, well, and make and it accurate? Decipher if it's, you know, like, yeah. is, it, is intelligence going to be able to be looking at mass amounts of information and saying what's actually good quality information and what's not? Yeah. Well, I think even your question, that's going to be the key is asking the right question to then go and then know how to go find the answer. I mean, it's trying, I don't know if you know this, you guys, times are changing. It's the interweb. I think it's seriously changing stuff. I also hear it's going to be around for a long time. Is that good? I think it's cool. <laughs> it's got to be good stuff. Good stuff. In fact, that just felt like deja vu to me all over again. That was good. We're going to take a break. We're coming back with the uh, incomparable Meg Conley is going to be joining us. Who better to fix the memory problems of all of us and help us create happier, healthier memories with our families than Meg Conley from MegInProgress.com. This is the Matt Townsend Show. We'll be right back after this break right here on BYU Radio. Welcome back, friends, to the Matt Townsend Show. Our own Meg Conley's joining us. Meg, all dolled up in a gunny sack dress. You know, I'm just super fashionable these days. I love days. it. It Thank brings you. back, and it's got the little paisley. Yeah. Okay, now you gotta know that I grew up on that. On paisley. I paisley, like that kind of paisley. Yeah. I don't know what you call it. Yeah. But it brings back memories, flashbacks. Throw, throwback paisley. Yeah. That's what I've been calling it for the past Throw, two seconds. <laughs> throwback paisley, uh, an orange. Yeah, or well, I try as colorful as possible. Well, it's you kind nailed of it. My life statement. So we, yeah, that's, that's generally I do too. what I'm going for. That pale blue is very it's colorful. Very pale, very blue. Yeah, very blue. Um, memory, you got one? You got a good memory? Uh, I I don't think I do. I don't. I don't. But maybe I have an average memory. Yes. Maybe everybody has a bad memory. That's what one of your producers. Yeah, was I think just that's saying, what we're figuring that makes out good is. Sense. I think we're all just kind of lazy and inattentive. So we don't well, remember. That's, right. That's I think that, that might be true. Saying, kind you know? of focused on ourselves rather yeah. than the things that are happening. Not around you. Us. You're not. No, I'm perfect. You are perfect. Right. <laughs> yeah. You're telling me your child so your kid has a really good memory. Oh yeah. Zuzu, my oldest, has a crazy good Zuzu memory. Zuzu is the name of your child. That is the name of my baby. That's cute. <laughs> Zuzu. She, she has she has an amazing memory and she can she's only 4, cute. but she can remember things from years ago that I have no recollection really? of, really crazy and can remember it word for word. So I had to stop um, gossiping around yeah, her yeah, because she started repeating it. So now I use code words for the people that I'm talking about when I'm on the phone with my sister. The dog. Not that you should ever gossip. <laughs> no. You're but, not, but if you're going to gossip, you should have code words. Well, and if it, I feel like if it's with your sister, that's just how sisters communicate. It's not gossip with sisters. Right. I would never gossip with right. anyone else, but you're definitely just... with my sister. So we've had to create code words. We have like a key. So <laughs> Do you it's have been the key rough. written down somewhere so you can remember this? I, I actually think that we did text each other once. Like a, a couple code. different. Right, right. You're into didn't, this. We didn't want anyone. I didn't want to know what I was saying. You're like a spy. Right. Well, I mean, isn't that what sisterhood's all about? I guess. I've right. never been one. Right. Well, I've never been invited. Give it time. Give it time. Will they so, let a brother in the sisterhood? Sometimes. Sometimes. Can you name a brother that's been let into the sisterhood? Oh, wow. Well, I mean, legitimately. They didn't know, break his way in. Liberace. I mean, there's a couple. Yeah, that's there's different. <laughs> I think that's different. <laughs> Liberace. By the way, that's a great memory. With that. And you're wearing my... It's. I'm going back. You I'm always so glad. Make me we should have talked about this the 
whole time. Totally. That's great. Do you like your sisters? They're I nice love people. them, and they wear the Paisleys, and they wear orange. Yeah. And it brought back a ton of memories. My dad had a restaurant called the Ye Little Knave. Really? Yeah. You know, it's funny. It's Paisley was an originally um, a symbol for virility. So it's really? kind of funny that yeah. girls wear it so much now. Yeah, that Fun is fact for your day. Yeah. That's kind of funny. Yeah. That's kind of awkward. <laughs> well, only, I guess, if you're not virile. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. But <laughs> that's so true. But it's a, it's a beautiful, it's a beautiful, uh, it's funny where you just go down memory lane, don't you? Yeah. One little outfit you're wearing took me down memory lane. Right. And boom, a million thoughts. And, right. And colors. Right. Vibrant. Well, you know what's so interesting is um, remembering is spontaneous. We have no control. You can try and remember yeah. things, but you really have no control with what memories your brain serves you. And so that's interesting. That's kind of a fun well, fact. Well, that's actually a fun fact because I could play you hard by saying, whatever you do, don't remember the first time you kissed a boy. Right. I got it in my, Did in you my feel brain. It? Did yeah. you go there? Yeah. It's my husband. Cute. Is it really? Yeah. Is it really? Yeah. But I kiss a lot of boys after that, before I married him. So Whoa. Let's not go there. Yikes. Man. <laughs> that was going really well for a second. Then it's like you blew it right up. Okay. So, so you tell me what you think we should do with memories. Because here you are a blogger. Right. Right. Podcast. No, a blog. Not a podcast. You are now. Yeah. I'm on podcast now. I'm on I'm on TV. You know, basically you're, Renaissance woman. You're a Renaissance you know woman. You're goes. famous. You're bringing back the dress of the 70s. <laughs> right. Well, that that was already happening before <laughs> me. But I think I think that we need to understand how amazing the human memory is. Okay, yes. so for a long time, we thought we were the only ones that had episodic memory, which okay. is autobiographical memory, okay. right? Okay, slow down. So episodic meaning you have an autobiography and you remember You can remember your past, history. past events in your life. Okay, okay, so we thought that humans were the only yeah. ones Monkeys that could didn't do that. Have that right, but they do, they and we do. found that out. You know, early two thousands, okay. and they studied birds and monkeys, and monkeys were able to remember where things were hidden by okay. their caretakers. Yes, and um, there was a specific breed of jaybird. Yes, can't remember. Well, it off I the think top it was head. it a. Um, what are the ones that? What's that bird that everyone gets so mad at? The black bird that everyone wants to shoot, like a magpie. Magpie. Was it a magpie? You know, magpies maybe. have really for the sake of this. Let's call it a magpie. Sake, let's call it a magpie. I'm pretty sure uh, it's a magpie. Perhaps. So they they go and find find food and they hide it in all these different places. And not only could they remember where the food was yes. hidden, but they could also remember if when they had checked on some worms they had hidden, that those were spoiled and move on to different food. So they would skip that hiding place and go to the hiding place that had the nuts, something oh, that had spoiled. Wow. So really interesting. So didn't for, they also tailgate? Weren't oh, they tailgaters right. at ball games? Notorious tailgaters, yeah. right? Yeah, those are right. huge. <laughs> so, for a little while, scientists were like, "Wow, maybe there's not anything special about human memory. Maybe we just don't know." Yeah, we haven't talked to the rest of the animal, animal kingdom, right? We need, you know, what? Who did Rex Harrison play? Doctor Doolittle. Doctor Doolittle. We need Doctor Doolittle we need, in that's here. That's exactly what right. I thought. So, um, but it is not so because the thing, the thing that still separates us from the animal kingdom is that not only are we interested in our own episodic memories, yeah. we're not only interested in our own autobiographies, we're interested in the memories of others. See, okay. Our shared yes. history. Yay! Okay. Explain me that because that's, that's a big deal. It's a huge deal. Because that says something huge about you as a human. Right, absolutely. Okay, so you can find it all the way back to the fifth century when Herodotus, Herodotus? Yeah. How I do like, you want to say it? How do you I want like, me to say it? 
Uh, it depends on where you're looking. Yeah. But um, Potato, he, he, is, he is the first historian, right? And he right. wrote the histories and it was, you know, full of fact and definitely some fiction. But he was the first person to sit down and systematically say, as a people, we have a history. It's important that it be recorded. Mm. And so once he did that, you know, historians were yeah. born. Histories were born. And so since then, as a people, we've been obsessed with remembering What's happening around us, what happened in the past, learning lessons from it. Okay, so I would say that he had a revelation in the 5th century that we need to have about our own lives. Let's hear it. Okay, so we have these memories, some of which we can forget. I'm not proud that I had two sausage McMuffins for breakfast this morning. Hold it, you did? Oh, they're so good. They are good, but control yourself. I know. Greg, you're going to die. Well, but as long as it's with a sausage McMuffin, I guess I'm okay. Well, and B, why didn't you bring one here? I read trades last week, and I felt like once a month, Meg, once a month. Yeah, pace yeah, yourself. Yeah, p- pace yourself. You don't want to start, <laughs> start something you can't finish. So there are some things we don't need to remember, but but I think that we look at our lives like it's full of sausage McMuffins. Like we don't need to remember any of right. it because we're not important. We're not the first historian. Yeah. Why do we need to write down anything? Foolish. Fooey. Foolish. I agree. So we need to be writing down our histories. Maybe... Maybe in our memories and our insights, okay, anything. So so maybe we're not going to be the first historian. We're not going to, like, raise, you know, ourselves to his stature. Right. Thank goodness. That must have been exhausting. But you know Who what? wants to go there? I don't there? even know that guy. I don't even care about right. him. I right. care about the people in my family. Right. Well, and the thing is, is you're the first historian for your family. Right. You're writing down what is happening to your people, what's happening to you. Where would so I we... write that, though? That's People don't write anymore, man. <laughs> they do. People write. I don't know if you know this. People <laughs> don't write. They want to. They don't. They... Everybody thinks they have a sense of humor, and everybody thinks they can write. Okay, but there are two lies. Well, the first one is definitely a lie, but everybody can write. write. Everybody can write. Well, except my son that's on an LDS mission. He can't write. Like he's 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 incapable. He can't of form sentences. He can't form. He's, he has a lot of JKs. Just <laughs> kidding. LOLs. Okay, but there's a place for there's a place for that too, yeah. and it is that lovely platform called Instagram. That's it. But see, he's trying to write a letter, and he can't do it anymore. Well, he'll learn. But he'll you're learn. saying though, because we could take our history and put it in a blog. You could take and type it. Right. You could, you could put it in a blog. You can write it in a journal. Write it in a journal. You can put things on Instagram. You can email it out to friends and family. Family. Yep. There's a lot of platforms for that, but the point is, is that it's important. And what's the point of sharpening our memories, of becoming more aware of what's happening around us, right. and being able to pull things out of that file in our head if we don't do anything yeah. with it? It's there to serve a higher purpose. We're not just trying to avoid spoiled worms. Don't you think we also have to get like the the what's it called, like the curiosity? To inquire into other people's stories. Yes, absolutely. And that's the other thing that I would so strongly suggest. And I know every time I'm on here, I'm like, read. Everybody read. But in order to find our own place, we need to understand the places that other people are in. And so, and that doesn't just mean picking up a textbook. That means maybe finding a blog or two that uplift you. And let's be honest, there may only be one or two blogs that are uplifting anymore. I only know of one. Meganprogress.com. Bingo. That's the one I go to. But, That's um, my go-to blog. But we should – other people's stories are important because they're part of us. That's right. 
Absolutely. The human race. And then some, I mean, I just came from, I went to a funeral Monday yesterday. Oh, I'm sorry. Well, and it was sad, but it was actually, all it was was storytelling. Right. So, right, we're sharing the story. Right. But it's actually healing, right? And Absolutely. it's bonding and it's connecting. And I feel like I'm a member of a community and a right. family. Right. So that's what all you're saying is we know it makes sense at a funeral. Right. But it also makes sense all year round, all life right. round. The thing is, is your life is important and you should feel compelled to write it down. Yeah. People need to know that you were here. Something that you could write down now may mean something to someone who picks it up in a couple years, a couple decades. It means something to you, though. And writing it down reinforces that also. Anytime we write something down or we record anything, we are a people of record. Yes. That is so I important. And we need to stop forgetting that. Do you think it matters more that you write it or like could you video it? Absolutely. And well, that's the other thing I was going to say is um, my daughters love. Well, for a while I used Vine, but then I realized yeah. who uses yeah. Vine. Yeah. That's use embarrassing. Vine. That's hard. But yeah. they use, but you know, Instagram has, you can, yeah. you know, video tape on it. Is that what you would say now? Record. You could record, you could record a on video. It. So my daughters are recording things all the time. And right now it's just Margaret, you know, whining yeah. <laughs> about wanting yeah. a cookie. But a little while from now, they'll be very interesting. But I also, my grandpa is a World War II vet. He's 89 years old. I think it'll be that. very important to sit down with him and record his stories. Yeah. He's how I got here. I should be interested in the course that he took. You think? It will inform my own. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Well, I mean, tell me, and it would help you identify, it would really tell you who you are. Yes, absolutely. Right. That's right. powerful. Yeah, it's exciting. It's, and I just like, you're worth it. I think that we don't take the time because we don't feel like well, what we, our yeah, days we're are not worth famous. it. You're not Justin Bieber. <laughs> well, thank goodness. Right? Thank goodness. <laughs> you're not you're not the Biebs. So you think, <laughs> I, what, what's there to write about me? But here you're a mom of two cute kids. Yes. And Zuzu and Margaret. Zuzu and Viola. Actually, so Zuzu's Viola, name, Margaret. it's oh. Margaret, Zuzu, Viola, honey. Margaret and Zuzu are interchangeable. Okay. Confusing. And then who's Viola? Viola, yeah. She's Viola. Yeah. Not They're the cute. instrument. No, the flower. Have you written all their stories down? Because see, my kids, it's interesting. We we used to do a lot of that, and then we didn't think they cared. And then every once in a while, they'll pull them out and just start reading. Right, right. Well, and that's that is where my blog has been helpful because it's a platform for me to write, and and it's it's nice that it's sharing with the community of other mothers, and I think that and fathers, and I think that that's important too. Is writing or recording, however you share your life, how um, even if it's in a journal, it can still involve you in a community. That's also what that's what recording we want, huh? our memories is about we it's want important. to belong we want to belong absolutely and you want to know that you're not alone and so often especially in motherhood you feel so completely alone oh yeah I but bet. you're not well you're, you're sitting not. there all day the kids are whining nobody gets you right right please can i mean i end up eating a lot of cookie, ice cream cookie i want another cookie <laughs> viola Vi- viola <laughs> but um, get your own cookie but yeah, I it's exciting. I think how do you I think write, it's an exciting though? Topic. I mean, like when I think of just having to document my day, right? Ugh. Well, you know, there's a lot of things you can do. There's a journal out there which you can make your own. This one, the actual book is I don't know, it's twenty five dollars. Maybe you don't want to spend twenty five dollars on a journal, but it's a one line a day journal. And there's one for about motherhood, about oh, cool. wifedom, just general life. There's like you know five different versions, but you're just supposed to write down one line a day. That's all you have to one do. One line. One line. Like, and give it, me an example. An insight give me, write that your you day. had. Today I had two sausage McMuffins and went on the Matt Townsend show and talked about Paisley and virility. That's Major a pretty heartburn. big 
day. That's huge. <laughs> no, but that's it. Right. And so and so the thing that I have found is if you start with one line, if there's more to be written, it will follow. Yeah. And some days are one line days. Yeah. And that is a-okay. Yeah. Don't be hard on yourself for that. See, that's what I think is I get set in this idea like, oh, okay, you ought to write a page. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And then you're bound to the page. Right. And then... You can't. It's exhausting. It's mm. exhausting. But um, – but so much of life is little moments, and little moments don't need more than 10 to 12 words. Is that it's what easy. you've learned? 10 to 12 words. Yeah. I mean, yeah. really. Yeah, for reals. Yeah. And, and interestingly, it, you've then archived the memory. The memory is at least, you can go back and read those 10 to 12 and words. And you will find out that when you read it, the you know full bloom picture pops up in your head, yeah. and you're able to relive it. But if you don't write down those few words, it's gone forever, and that's such a disservice to you yeah. and to the people that you love. That is huge. Like, tell me little Zulu Viola. Right. Zuzu. It's adorable how much you love my children. It's just, I, it's my memories really bad. <laughs> I'm trying to figure out where to put them in this room. Anyway, uh, I learned earlier a technique, but it's not working. It's not working. Um, I guess I haven't focused on it yet. But it would be great if they could read your childhood, read about your high school, read about your first kiss right. with their dad. Right, right. And then say, Mom. Yeah. And then hear all the stories. And then they can hear all the stories. Exactly, exactly. You're a good mom. Oh, well, some days. Well, you're just, you're a human mom. (laughs) I'm a human mom. Wasn't that what we have to teach is that you can, you're just human moms. Right, right. You just have to do your best and then you're a really good mom. Or you could sit and stress about being perfect. Right. There's like, that's just pointless. That is pointless. You kind of enjoy the sausage McMuffins when you feel like you're having to be perfect. You know what? Those were, they sound like they really impacted you. They really did. Like, I'm tasting it right now. Was there a two for one today? No, you know what? I was just really hungry yeah yeah and it's just really delicious well i think it's all the carcinogens in it oh yeah that make it so good well, what's neat about that is you'll live forever right. there's no way you're getting rid of that you know there was a news story a couple months ago i was like a 109 year old woman and she said that she'd live that long because she'd bake in every single day so i feel uh. like bacon sausage mcmuffins kind of interchangeable no totally yeah so, so I'm I'm on my way. I'm I didn't know bacon could preserve your life. She believe she believes so, and well, even 109. If was, that's even hard if to she argue was with. lying, it doesn't matter. Right, right. She's 107 or whatever. Get off right, her back. Right. Let the woman live. <laughs> Leave her alone. Oh, Meg, you're the best. Thank you. I love being on here. Those you guys are good are so memories. Great, we know. just made a memory right there. Oh, I know. I'm gonna write it down. I, I'll never forget that. It's dress. gonna be great. I really won't. <laughs> is that really called the gunny sack dress? Um, it's like a it's a maxi Ish. dress. Maxi dress is what they call it now. Gunny like, sack is a little bit different. I like gunny sack. Yeah, dress. yeah. It just brings back memories. <laughs> you need long hair though. Then you can really fit the seventies. I know, and I'm gonna chop it. So are you? Are you? Yeah. Can we be there? <laughs> sure. I'll record it. Put a make a video. I will make I will a video. Record the I will make a hair. video. Meg Conley, go check out her website. Meg in progress. Again, we're sure she's. Pretty much already complete. Plus, she put away two McMuffins today. Uh, two, two more tomorrow. Sausage. Come yeah. on, let's be honest. Man, <laughs> <laughs> slow down, Meg. <laughs> we're gonna take a break. We're gonna be right back. I think we're gonna play. Take a little New York Times memory test. We're gonna ask Meg to stay with us for that one because it's Yay. always fun to see how Meg performs on these things. <laughs> this is the Matt Townsend Show. You're listening to us right here on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. The hoedown. We're wrapping up the show. Meg Conley's joining us from the blog Meg in Progress. I, I I'm not sure, but I think this just in: world's greatest blog in the history of Earth. <laughs> Is that true, Meg? 
Did you, you get know that what? award? I believe everything you say. Well, I think we've so just it must we've be just deemed that the greatest fact. blog in the history. Right. <laughs> Our own Merit uh, Meekum is going to join us uh, and teach us. I'm using my memory. You're using your memory Meacham. really well. I know right some Meechams. <laughs> I've talked to some Meechams recently. Okay. I'll let They're you friends of the family. <laughs> you just don't cha your ka. Okay. So, you ready the, for this? Is this a test for real? I have a test for you. Okay. We're not going to score it because it gets really complicated. Well, besides, you know what? Last time I think much. Meg cheated a little bit. It probably. That's generally how I operate, actually. <laughs> well, and because I think one of those Egg McMuffins was mine right. and you down two of them. Whatever. Okay. Okay, let's hit you it. You guys ready? Yes. Okay, first of all, you have to remember these three words. Apple, television, and lamb. Lamb? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Here's the first question. Have you noticed a decline in your ability to calculate in your head, such as making a restaurant tip? I could never do it in the first place. No. <laughs> you haven't. Okay. I can always do that. Have you had trouble remembering names? Always. Names? Yes. Yes, I would say so. Have you had trouble recognizing people you should know? Like my no. wife. <laughs> no. <laughs> Have you had a hard time finding the right word you want to use? No. Yes. Okay. Name Jump. the last three mayors of your town. Smith. It's the only one I've known. I just moved in nine years ago. Uh, that was good. Okay. <laughs> Smith. <laughs> Name Smith. the past five U.S. presidents. Doy. Uh, do you want to do that one? No. Oh, I'll do it. I've got nice. it. You go ahead. You okay. Go ahead. So we had uh, George W. Mm-hmm. We had Billy Clinton. Yeah. George Herbert Walker Bush. Ronald Reagan. And pre-Reagan would be Jimmy Cotta. Job. Thank you very much. You did that one well. What was the main dish you had for dinner the past two nights? It's the last night uh, and the night before. I had the best steak on earth last night. From where? Wow. From a restaurant that I can't remember the name of. But you remember the steak, and mm, that's all that matters. It was so good. <laughs> Cream of tomato soup. Okay. What about uh, the night before that? What night was that? Sunday night, spaghetti dinner. I think. <laughs> yes. Burritos. Hey. Burritos. Pretty awesome. I make a mean burrito. Well, b- bring them in. <laughs> Next month. Next don't, month. <laughs> don't bring food. Okay. Okay. What were the last two movies you saw? Uh, Iron Man 3. 42. Okay. So I just watched that Saturday. Misrepresentation. And 41. <laughs> <laughs> Was there a 41? That's great. I can remember like the last 10 movies I saw. See, I don't, remember. I don't remember movies. Okay. You ready for the last question? Yes. What were the three words you asked her? I know at the it. Beginning? Apple, television, lamb. How Woo-hoo! did you remember it? I just repeated it after each question. See, I didn't. I went to a room in my house. <laughs> was what we learned earlier. I'm excited about this. And I took the apple and put it on the desk or the bedside table of my bedroom. Then I squished it. With the television. And then I put a lamb on it. <laughs> Sounds weirdly violent, actually. <laughs> and if you want more information, it sounded like, bah. That. Is that a lamb hey. or a sheep? So do you think you would have done as well on this if you hadn't no. learned the things we learned today? No. I didn't think so. I would not have gone to my room and made a, a visualization of it. I yeah. wouldn't have. I wouldn't even have remembered Marty Conley's name. <laughs> oh, sorry, Meg. <laughs> 
hurts. Would you have remembered it if you didn't know you were being tested? Um, probably. Because she said. And we told right. you it was a test. Well, I mean, because she said, remember these words? Yeah, but see how many times has somebody said, Mom, will you remember something? <laughs> yeah, no, that's right. If you had been my daughter, I would not have remembered. So, see, let's be I honest. think it's harder. This is easy. This is easy. Yeah. Because this isn't, you know, trying to remember. You're focusing. Right. Yeah, right. You're it's not, not trying to remember life. your kid's you mouth guard for football. Right. On top of getting them there on time and picking up the other kid and not speeding because there's the cops in that one place. And getting the McMuffin. Well, you got to get your... It's always about a McMuffin with you, Meg. What's that about? Secret to life. It always comes back to food with you, which is surprising. Always. always. But you don't seem to eat. I don't seem to eat? Well, I mean, not when I'm here. Hmm. I'll I'll bring in a three-course meal next time and have someone serve it to me in between Did you know the last time you brought a treat, um, they devoured it? Did you get any? I did, but I had to rip it out of someone's hand wow. while stepping on his throat. Well, they're kind of the ones doing all the work around here. I know, it's weird. So I want to make sure that they get fed. It's so true. They just prop Look how hardworking me up. they are. They just wheel me in and prop right. me up. <laughs> yeah, that was really good. But we didn't eat it in the studio because that's against rules. No, never. You would never break the rules at BYU. That's a big nope. deal. And yeah. Rob couldn't eat it. Because Rob, I know is Rob. I am going to bring you chocolate next time. And I'm one of the only guys who tries not to eat in the studio. No, we Despite try not to. all the enforcement I've tried to do. We all try not to. <laughs> we don't eat in the studio. That would be bad. Would Our self-control is just extremely lacking when there's food around. Well, yeah. Isn't that sad? It we need sad. more self-control. Um, you're going to bring something for Rob that's, glute, uh, that's gluten-free. Gluten-free, yeah. I'm going to find not something. Not glutinous. No. Hey, that'd be great. Yeah, I'm going to do that for you. Yummy. Just for you, buddy. You know what you could bring? Just bring a rock. Maybe cardboard dipped in chocolate. Rocks are gluten-free. <laughs> cardboard chocolate. <laughs> That's the best kind of I chocolate. I joke. Gluten-free is A-OK by me. My sister's going gluten-free. I'm sure everyone will want to know that. Oh, good for her. Yeah, she sends her regards. <laughs> I guess there's a weird handshake and a funny little thing you guys do in the club. No, we just eat a lot of corn products instead. Do you? Yeah. Crunchy tortillas. Okay, Meg. It's been off topic. <laughs> uh, you're going to be bringing in some uh, Egg McMuffins? Yeah, next time. I mean, you know, they'll be 12 hours old by the time well, I get How are you going to remember that? I'm going to write it down on my forehead and wear okay. it around for the next week. Get it done. So <laughs> We'll be back next uh, week with Meg. We're coming back tomorrow. We do this every day. This is the Matt Townsend Show right here on BYU Radio.